1: Horizon Forbidden West the best piece of DLC ever made.
2: That hurts me. That hurts <laughs> me so much. You mentioned this a few times and oh. I, I I can't agree Scott Telford. I can't agree. I mean it's it's it's
1: great. Yes. IMO, but yes.
2: DLC is is
1: is harsh. There was a feeling that I couldn't shake. I should also say uh, that this is the wind-up. This will be one of the, the one of the debates that embodies the phrase the wind-up <laughs> as we wind each other up over this. But this is Horizon Forbidden West embargo day. The review is out on the main channel. You can go check out my immediate thoughts on it. And um, very much a, a thrown together review. There's a lot more to talk about. I just kind of drew a line through the amount of stuff that needs to be said, try to do the uh, the the immediate review and we'll dive into more stuff as we go hence podcasts like this. Um, because Josh is playing through it as well, um, and I have a ton of stuff to say. I don't think it's a bad game, obviously, at all. I think it's gorgeous. It's very much polished, even though some of the facial animations are horrendous. And that I did have a few bugs when I was playing. Um, but I do think it's a fascinating game to break down. And I think that as this sort of showcase of what the PS5 can do, sometimes, you know, when you're playing through it, it's there's just so many core issues with um, the, even just the likes of healing in combat or the way the skill tree works or the fact that they don't really push you towards um, taking in the world itself. And Ooh. that's alongside the fact that I don't think... Um, the core story is anywhere near as satisfying or worthwhile or paced as well as um, Zero Dawn, which leads me to the feeling that I had across, um, and I also don't think it comes together for the first 12 to 14-ish hours, um, which is the feeling that I had, um, I'm obviously not seen the DLC thing to get a response, because it's the beginning of a podcast, but when I was playing through Zero Dawn's DLC, and it was like, here's more Horizon, the Frozen Wilds DLC, um, that's what this felt like in the best way possible. So it's not that the DLC thing is this Throw away comment necessarily even though I said it like that. My point is that they just gave us more horizon and I feel like what they added is very little. There's like two additional elemental things you can do like acid damage um, and pulse water damage and there's a few more weapons and that's about it. Like they, you know, they try a new climbing system which is terrible and oh. it's, oh my God, it's, well, you should, you should throw back here and we'll keep going. We should also say that we're, we're finally in person but I'm oh, out of reach. You can't hit me I can, I,
2: I, We can't hit each other but I feel like you're just <laughs> taking a big fish out your trousers slap me around the <laughs> chops with it because some of the things you said there I do agree with I, yeah. I do think that when it comes to this sequel it very much feels like a straight sequel it's what you expect from a Horizon uh, mm. Zero Dawn sequel you know it plays like you think it's going to do um, and the structure of it is incredibly similar and that is true and for the first few hours myself I was thinking I kind of want something more I want some. I want to do something that isn't quite um, so safe isn't quite so expected mm. and so far I'm 33 hours in, but I have <laughs> so much. The game by that point. I have so much of the game left to go. I have like a third of the map left to unlock. I'm doing everything.
1: You have about two thirds of the story left and about <laughs> a third of the map. Left yeah,
2: there. totally. So I'm coming at it from an, an unfinished perspective, mm-hmm. but because I've played 33 hours and have so much of the game left, I have to kind of go against your comment there when mm-hmm. you said the game doesn't give you um, an excuse to explore the world because exploring the world has been the thing that's got me in. <laughs> like, I could play this game for nine hours straight. Right. And I would be in it. Like, yes. I just haven't found the time to do that yet because I had COVID for a little bit, which mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. fluffed that up a little bit. Uh, but, you know, for me, it's so playable. It's so beautiful. And even though those creeping thoughts came in where I was thinking, should there be more? Should there have been a twist? Should there have been something to mark it from, mm-hmm. pred- from its predecessor? I, I can't deny how much I'm enjoying it and how pristine
1: is, it kind of is. The, the the thing is, like all the positives are things that were in zero Dawn. Like the combat feels exactly the same. It's not like they like tightened up the melee or anything. There's no lock on, and it's not like you can heal better now than you could before. Like you're, the, it, it drives. I'm not going to focus on the healing too much, but it drives me insane that you have to D-pad through a, a selection of potions in the bottom. Now, if you have you have to press the D-pad up to yeah. take some berries that you might have on you. Yeah, but you can also craft different sizes of potions, different stamina potions. But then it's just on you to D-pad through them while you're in the middle of. Of combat. And it's there's just little things like that where I'm just like, how did you not tighten this up? And like I said, that goes alongside the, the melee stuff, which they try to add to. They give you little combat fighting pits that you can do in certain areas um, to practice different combos. You can launch off enemies and then go into the slow motion mid-air stuff and whatever. But I just don't think that it feels that satisfying. It feels like massive, sweeping arc hits for the melee. And like it's, it's solid enough when you connect with a few dudes, but I just... My kingdom for a lock-on. My kingdom for a decent dodge. My kingdom for like... <laughs> (laughs) knowing when I'm invulnerable and when I'm not, when I'm going to get caught with splash damage or whatever. And I think... Like, that's the thing, it's just it's just that feeling of it's more Horizon, it's more Zero Dawn they didn't really uptick it that much like if you literally said, what are the new elements to this, there's like three or four things, and they don't really change the experience anyway.
2: I know what you mean, and I, I don't want to get bogged down in the in the, in the minutia necessarily, mm. of this review in particular, but when you talk about the, the, the healing, for mm-hmm. instance, I just kind of, I can't I think we might have had radically different um, gameplay experiences because like, y'all talked about like sifting through to get your potions and stuff, for me it was literally just oppressive up to take some berries and then I was healed. When you start of fighting you know bosses,
1: I think you'll get, like, because you've run out of those berries, although you will because you dodge everything and you'll finish it first time. <laughs> well, this is it. But I just, I've, I've had a selection of berries so much <laughs> that I haven't had to
2: use many potions and I've been quite lucky in uh, that right. regard. But yeah, you know, you, we're we, we talk. going to talk so much about this being just like a straight sequel, like yes. you said. And I, I do agree, but the 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 tweaks that they have made, to me make it kind of more satisfying, mm. like the way they've integrated the dual sense into the actual combat. For me, Adds a, adds a layer of tactility mm. to an already satisfying combat system that like really works for me. I just right. got a great bow and arrow yesterday. I just <laughs> I just found something that was head and heels above what I had before. Yes. And I went out to hunt with it and I was just like, this is so satisfying. Yes, it is similar to what was there, almost identical in yes. a lot of ways to what was there originally, but that was so satisfying to begin with and it, it's carried through here and it's got me in and I don't feel like bored by it. I don't feel yep. like it's unsatisfying. Yes, they have added stuff to the melee combat and yes, going from seafood to this mm. <laughs> makes your muscle memory go completely weird and doesn't feel anywhere as satisfying as, it, as a third person melee combat should be, but I still like the added that They've added to it, like the added complexity to it it's it's certainly more of the same, but damn man, like it's
1: it's good more of the same for me. Because I think like one quick thing is that I think I played Zero Dawn a lot more than you. Like when yes. we were going into Forbidden West, I was like bouncing, I was like looking forward to different plot beats, and I couldn't wait to see what happened with this. And I was talking about the AIs and all the different things that are in Zero Dawn. And I think you were like I don't remember that stuff that much anyway. Yeah. So I feel like I rinsed Zero Dawn. And I feel like I like I said a lot of the um, the combat possibilities that are in this one were in Zero Dawn, and that's not to discount the reality that the combat model they have isn't isn't satisfying. Like that whole thing of coming upon a creature, scanning them, seeing what their weaknesses are. There's more things that you can use in this. Like the scanner is better. It tells you if something is uh, more detachable, if it's going to become a weapon, if you shear it off and um, parts of the different robots that you can get a hold of. And I do love that. I wish that they let you slow time when you're scanning though. I can't right. believe that they give you so many, like this, this game breaks if, if anything charges at you, if you need to scan it to find a weakness, <laughs> um, which the they, uh, different things appear across the story. Because like Aloy herself says, I should scan it for weaknesses. You hold the stick in to do that and get charged in the face over and over again.
2: All I would say is a great tactic for that. A little tip and trick, go if on. you would, is to throw a smoke bomb down so it loses yet, and then you can get away, <laughs> and then you can scan it, and then it's all rosy. Can you do IMO. that with
1: different bosses, though, that can see you anyway? Maybe I, not I bosses, know. maybe not bosses, but certainly most of the enemies, yes. I would say. Um, Speaking of bosses, super quick on. as well, Um, I can't talk about the specifics of who it is, but there is a boss that you fight in this that might be the worst boss in a triple A AAA game ever. Yeah. Well,
2: this is it, you know, for, for, for the most part, I think it is really well designed, but there mm. are like there are some issues with with it, like you said, you know there are certain boss p- boss battles mm-hmm. where you think, how have well, how did this get through? How have you designed this like this, and yes. why have you designed this like this? Because why am I
1: shooting stuff above me when the thing is in front of me? Yeah, or yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. And you're focusing on a tiny little counter. I think that you know there are issues with some of the set pieces, mm. um, but you know just talking generally about the flow of it, about the about the gameplay, about the open world, um, you know I I love the variety of the different biomes that are in there. Mm-hmm. I like the detail that's in there. And what struck out to me. I was thinking in the run up to this, you know, how are they going to justify five years of development time? That's a crazy amount of time between sequels. If you're doing, oh
1: yeah, sorry, no, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh If if you're if you're doing an iterative thing like this, if you're not revolutionising the gameplay, like how can you justify five years if it's going to be more of the same? It it turns out that's just with really high quality (laughs) stuff. Like I'm 33 hours in and a third of the way through the game because I've been doing all the side missions, Mm. but I'm not doing it just because I'm a completionist. I'm doing it because I found those side missions to be Mm. so enjoyable and there are so many of them and the writing in them have strewn together these individual stories that I'm going to remember when I'm finished playing, maybe more than
1: the actual main story itself. We should touch on the fact that, because like the whole opening for me, like I I said in the review, I I stand by I don't think it really comes together for about 12 to 14 ish hours, because you finally get a base of operations about um, less than halfway through the game, and it sort of becomes more like a Mass Effect or even like a Guardians of the Galaxy type thing hub world, bunch of characters, lots of different um, dialogue options, you can do loyalty missions with people and you find out about them, and that was when it all started to click. There's a middle chunk of this game that I loved and that's when I was like okay this is what it's all been building towards this is going to be this five star game oh my god it's incredible and it was just the way that they don't pay off certain things that they set up or like there's there's one massive whiff that I, I, I'm i not going to like go into at all but it was one bit where I just sort of sat there going like that feels like it was I, I can't believe you didn't capitalize on that right? Um, but whatever there's things like that but my overall point is um, in regards to the world and the way that the world is designed I noticed way more in this that they are sort of mainstreaming Horizon in a way that they didn't in Zero Dawn like like every, every, um, the way that people talk to each other just feels like it could happen right now. It feels very modern, mm. like it's not like you're, you're not really relying on until you meet the Tanakh, then they, they talk more like a, um, you know, a new civilization that's emerged a thousand years in the future and they're basing their religion on a, a bunch of museum holograms that they then think are like deities and stuff. That's the stuff that I'm like, that's Horizon, that's incredible. Yeah, but there's loads of stuff in that opening 12 to 14 hours where everyone talks really casually, they talk as if they were just from 2022, and then um, there's a lot of back and forth dialogue exchanges with the. Very little uh, nomenclature that's based in the the law, where it just feels like casual conversations between people. That for me broke the whole thing, where I was like, this doesn't feel like a humanity distance from a thousand years that have had to rediscover everything. Um, and we know from Zero Dawn that you know the the Kaja, for example, um, you know st- like strove out of the caves and they found information. Uh, faster, which is why the Kaja are like more advanced, but for everybody else, I was like you guys wouldn't have these reference points like someone saying, I got this, or someone you know, talking in that way, I was right. like that's just so mainstream video game 101, and the bit when Aloy, it's in the beginning when um, you're doing the tutorial stuff, and she's on a big structure as it's falling apart, and she's like, oh crap crap crap, and I'm just like, are you Nathan Drake now? Like, are we just mainstreaming all of this? And she's trying to climb a bunch of handholds and they're falling away, because of course they are and I just, it was those things where I was like, why are Moving away from what Horizon is, I don't need it to be this watered down, right. you know, open world, safe open world game that's more of the same, and um, that takes forever to get there. And so I thought it made a horrible first impression. Like I said, it didn't land until I got the base stuff, and yeah, then I was meeting Catalo and, and doing all those things. I mean, it's fascinating that because, like you said, you know,
2: I've not played Horizon in a long, long time. Mm. I, I rinsed that thing for like a week straight, just doing <laughs> like you know eight hours a day while I was in university. Oh, it was and a then, beautiful game. It was yeah. a beautiful game. It was a beautiful time. But I've I've rarely touched it since. Mm. I was going to actually replay it in time for the new game but then we got the code super early yes. because we needed them super early because there's so much content to go through <laughs> uh, so I ended up putting it down and jumping straight into it so I haven't picked up really on those differences like you mentioned them to me and that was surprising because mm-hmm. I couldn't necessarily remember how they were characterized in the original well, game. I think
1: just super quick to throw that in for the aid of you and I think the audience like in the original one it was all about growing up with the Nora tribe because yeah. obviously Aloy was a member of the Nora and they believe that you know they're gonna um, they believe that mothers are fundamental to the tribe so if you're, if you're motherless then that's a big deal and I, I even that stuff I thought was great Like I know that they could have done more with it, I remember Ash saying when she was still here that they should have done more with that, society would have evolved differently if it was uh, more about you know female empowerment overall at the, at the core, which is obviously very valid and so in this case um, it switches because obviously just the way where Zero Dawn ends, you're in Meridian, you're in the Kaja city it's this big advanced place and all this sort of um, tribal approach to technology has largely gone, Aloy yeah. knows what's going on, she knows the deal with the world and everybody around you does too and so so you lose that horizonness. Initially, anyway, and it only really comes back when you go west and you meet the Tanakh and you meet the other tribes that are more, you know, like in, in more in awe of. No, oh my totally. god, it's a hologram, and that must be a deity. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's kind
2: of why I didn't uh, question it so much because, like you said, you know, you start off in a in a place after Zero Dawn ends where Aloy is kind of change perceptions in mm-hmm. a way and in a lot of ways directly given people the knowledge of the old world and stuff. So for me, it kind of it it I didn't notice it because I right. just kind of assumed that was a natural progression of a that. Like kind of change to yeah, yeah totally but going back to your point about the game making a terrible first impression I don't <laughs> think it makes a terrible first impression but it takes a long time to get where it's going mm. like the prologue itself that was the first thing I played obviously everyone plays the prologue <laughs> first you can't choose uh, what I meant was that was, the, that was the only thing I played on the first night I started right. and that's like a two hour stint and then even when you finish that prologue you're not in the Forbidden West and you need Mm -hmm. to do like a mini um, open world area, like the introduction area that introduces you to the open world mechanics. Mm -hmm. And that takes a few hours. So it takes like a long time before you get to the actual Forbidden West itself. And if you're someone who plays games like me, Mm -hmm. that could be like 10 hours, 15 hours or something, you know, which isn't bad because I think the content is worthwhile, but it makes the story like you were saying, not quite as well paced as the first game, unless you are only going for the story, because you're getting through a prologue, and then what also feels like a prologue, and then you're finally getting the reins off a little bit. Because
1: it was that thing at the end of the first one where, you know, the Zero Dawn, they swing for the fences, they answer every single plot point, other than they leave one dangling thread, like they leave the Silence character and what he's going to do with Hades, and what happens, it's like a post-credit scene, just revealing that actually, they're going to go off and do something else. But the vast majority of stuff gets answered, and it was always that question, coming out of um, that game, how the hell can they do a sequel? What can, what threads can you pull on to justify a sequel? And for me, they they fall down in that regard. Um, but something else to fold in, in terms of the first impression stuff and what you're doing in the, the world, like I said at the beginning, that I don't feel like they encourage you to explore the world. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I think outside of the, it's gorgeous, it's aesthetically beautiful. Like, it is absolutely stunning. Um, it's funny because I need to see a lot more of the PS4 stuff, because they revealed a very tiny 30 second chunk, going like, hey guys by the way, it runs really well on PS4, but we're not going to show you any combat, and we'll have to wait and see how that goes. But I think they nailed the visual side of it. Like you said, biome diversity. There's some gorgeous uh, snowy areas, jungle tundras, everything else. Um, but they don't make a point of making you feel like you need to go and get better equipment for anything Ooh, like, they, they just don't, like buddy. and it's not that the, that's the thing it's like it's separating it's not the fact that if you seek those creatures out it's not that they're not fun to fight like I said there's that whole thing about shearing off a part of them and using it in the combat and everything each little creature is almost like it's own little shadow of the colossus style puzzle that you can like pick apart but at no point did I need to go and do that like at no point did I need to go and get a variety of different weapons and it's not that it's not rewarding if you do it yeah. but I just think that they could tie that stuff in better. They could have different creatures that would push you towards making use of the acid damage or like, you know, making use of the different things they've brought in. Have yeah. the climbing mechanic factor into how you actually free up a weak spot on something. Like, they don't actually tie those things together. It's all very disparate in a way that if you fold in the skill tree, it's just a bunch of stuff you can do if you want.
2: I know what you mean. There, it's it's it's, it's there's so much content. There's so much that you can ignore and mm. still enjoy the game. But I, w- I would disagree on what you were talking about there, when it comes to, you know, some of the elemental attacks, for instance. Like, mm-hmm. I think the game encourages you to learn and then use and um, match elemental attacks so you can yes. take down enemies faster. And I, I think that's rewarding. And I think mm-hmm. it does kind of encourage you in that way. I think, you know, for me, the game feels uh, more like a general RPG than it does in your regular Ubisoft open world game, for mm-hmm. instance. I get more of The Witcher 3 from this than I do... Assassin's Creed, yes. you know, and I think that is reflected in, like you said, you know, like the, the hunting there for me, I always felt like I wanted to go out and hunt and to get these resources because mm-hmm. that folds in with the crafting and the upgrading um, of your weapons. You know, when you first start, if you're just getting random things, you can upgrade all of your gear to max, yep. all of the the green tiered gear, which is like the, the lowest um, form. Mm-hmm. But when you carry on and you get those better weapons, you have to then focus on the hunting to get that gear up. Yes. And to me, the game is hard. The game is difficult. I actually... It's, I think so. it's one of the first games um in a while that I've actually started on hard and thought, actually, this is a bit tough. <laughs> which is weird because... That night when I started Zero Dawn again, I started on hard and I was thinking, this is actually a little bit easy. My muscle memory kicked in. Uh, This was the other way around. So I've actually personally been needing to make sure my gear is as good as possible, hunting down those enemies and having to use the elemental attacks all their respective um, enemies when I'm in
1: those counters just to help me out otherwise I will die after a few hits yeah it's, it's not that those things don't factor in at all I just I just I guess I meant more specific weak spot stuff like they do some things with certain bosses where it's like okay you want to shear off this exact specific plate so you can right. get to this weak spot but it's so few and far between like I'm talking like literally two or three bosses if that um, and I feel like I just feel like they could have done more with the pulse water and the acid stuff it almost just fades into the background of like every other element it doesn't feel like a new thing that you've got to play with it's I know what you mean a- it's just it's so funny because I've used the acid
2: stuff in particular <laughs> so much. Like so many enemies have acid weaknesses well, or so have acid on their back where I could just yes. like ignite it and then
1: they explode and then you cause like a chain reaction. You're definitely, because you because of where you are, that's the thing. I'm coming from a perspective of, I've seen the whole story. I've seen all the crazy encounters they throw at you. I've seen the way that the story unfolds and everything. And I've seen the way that the enemy pools change over time. You're very much like surrounded by acid stuff because they are kind of pushing that at the beginning of the, hey, by the way, there's this new element. You're going to want to do acid stuff. But that doesn't really carry forward. Like it doesn't really feel like you you lies acid over time or something. You I know. know uh, but my overall point is that I, I fell back on, yeah. um, because you unlock spears at some point, you can get some really cool, uh, I got a really cool blast spear and yeah. um, that did a ton of damage, ton of tear damage, so as long as you bed that in something, when it pops and explodes, that nion always pops a part of an enemy um, off or whatever, so I would just rely on that thing. Even if something was weak to acid, the sheer amount of tear damage that everything does means that you can just rip everything apart anyway. Totally, I mean,
2: first off, I would say I'm actually, mm. I'm past the acid point. Like, okay. like I remember the acid point where there <laughs> pushing it hard. I'm well beyond there, okay. so I, I, I would argue that it does carry through, but I do concede that, very much like Zero Dawn, you can get into a flow where you have an optimum strategy to defeat all enemies, and then you're not really encouraged to experiment much. No. I think this does it better than Zero Dawn, but you can still get into a kind of issue where you're relying on the same three weapons over and over again. And yeah, that's kind of an us problem, but it's also a development problem. Well, that's what I mean these, about them not yeah,
1: encouraging you. Because
2: yet. these you know, um, enemies are so diverse mm. in how you can take them down that when you have these weapons that just work for all encounters, it does kind of, yeah, it does lessen the kind of complexity of the combat, in, in a way that I thought was also an issue in Zero Dawn, but is admittedly
1: for me, a bit better. It's right like, here. to factor something else in that's new, they have a skill tree, and so it's like different ways that you can play. Like, you can spec towards archery, you can spec towards traps, you can spec towards machine riding, um, and it's weird. They have a weird catch-22 because they then need to make all the creatures be viable for whatever approach you have, and if you spec towards melee, which I spec towards melee initially because I was like, I just like the idea of, of melee. I love the idea of Aloy with that giant spear just cutting the hell into stuff, but that, night it just doesn't work. Like, there's so much splash damage. There are so many random little animations where something will, like, whip around and knock you Back, you're nearly always in this recovery state, mm. and you can make it so that you're almost like a glass cannon, so that when you do hit, it does damage. But for me, I, I, as I experimented with the trap build and the machine, machine rider build, um, or I eventually just settled into archery, which felt more like what it should be anyway. Um, I almost wish that they had, because Aloy is by definition an archer; she can do melee stuff, but you know th- that's that's who she is. Like, and, and once you start unlocking, you know, you can notch like three arrows at once. Um, the valor charges we should talk about as well, which are special um states that you can sort of put. Aloy in, Um, you know, once you unlock the ability to do multiple arrows at once with a valor charge that's going to do like plus 200% damage to ranged attacks, then you're just picking stuff apart, and it was when I did that that lined up largely within the middle of the game after I've been experimenting with stuff And I was like, okay, the story's kicking off. This is great. The combat finally feels great, um, even though it's just largely an extension of the original. But that's where that stuff started to come together, which is to say that I don't think a trap build feels remotely satisfying with, with the amount of other options you've got. And Melee, for me, just didn't feel broken, but just felt like... It needed more. It needed more, um, like ways to tank damage, to stun. Um, you know, a lock on. Like you needed way more options there. And I feel it's strange. I want. I had a weird realization where um, I went to craft because you can spec crafting now. And um, loads of the upgrades are just plus five percent this. And I was like, oh god, but. Uh, for crafting stuff, they slowed down the time of crafting so that you spec it back up again. Because um, you, sp- you could craft really fast in Zero Dawn. Um, and it was just one of those things where I was like, okay, you've tried to do that wider RPG approach. Um, but you've had to kind of take what was there in Zero Dawn and segment it five ways. And then have five different paths to get back up again. Mm. And some of those late game rewards are great. I think the archery path is the most satisfying. Um, but the melee thing is just couple lights and a heavy attack that'll put like an energy charge on someone, then you detonate it and you largely just blow that up. It's like that does more damage over time. Like it just it was one of those things where I was like, you've gone for something here and they it feels like you're telling me, oh, all these builds are viable, but they're really not. I know
2: what you mean. I think I think when it comes to the builds, there's definitely an element of mixing and matching mm. if you're not doing the straight kind of um sharpshooter, you yes. know, um build, you know, mm-hmm. bone arrow build. Uh but with that said, I I think it's it's kind of a double-edged sword in a way because there's so much stuff that I just haven't touched I you never felt. look at the chops.
0: Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected
2: medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance
0: plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. At all yeah yeah, like, yeah.
2: The, like the trap stuff is nothing that i engage in i don't find it particularly fun like you right. said i think it takes a long time to um get those traps into areas and you can only have a couple on the field to begin with when you first start before you upgrade that mm-hmm. um, side of it so i've kind of ignored that in the skill tree itself like you said it makes a lot of cardinal sins for me where it is just plus five percent this yes. you know plus two that uh which is you get lots of skills but i kind of I I don't feel compelled to use them as soon as I get them. Like yeah. I'll have a bank of 20 skills to use because I've upgraded like five levels. I've gone up <laughs> five levels uh, and then I'll just spend them all at once because I don't feel like they add to my gameplay experience. But that said- the gameplay experience that I have chose to pursue, I do find um, very satisfying, and I do feel like I do have a lot of variety that I can use. It might not be encouraging me to use it in the best way, but I do like mixing things up, or, you know, going from stealth and then into, like you said, like, like, like that spear that you can just jam into things yes. and then blow them up with. Uh, so the, the, it's, it's kind of like a double-edged sword for me when it comes to this variety, because I think it's good, but at the same time, they could direct you better. They could make it clear or give you more opportunities in the side missions or the main missions to mm. have to use specific
1: things rather than relying on your same gear over and over again. I think it's just that feeling of that underlying feeling of this is a PlayStation Studios game. We're homogenizing the approach to almost everything. Um, the first time that val mentions a workbench, I just laughed. <laughs> I was just, oh we got workbenches have that was kind of went side side by side with the, the stuff that I was mentioning before about the the dialogue feeling very 2022 or feeling very modern or phrases like I got this somehow being in the future, a thousand years in the future. Um, things like that but yeah the workbench stuff um, you know it, it gives that feeling of a this is a PlayStation Studios game um, and it's one of those things where I kind of wish they doubled down on Aloy's ability so that she stands out more she's not just Ellie or whatever like yeah. you know or she's not just another character who can wield a bow and arrow or like Jin Sakai and so it's one of those things where I think in Ghost of Tsushima's case like Sakai's combat style stands out whereas Aloy's they didn't do enough with to make her stand out and I don't like that feeling of all PlayStation Studios stuff being the same that's another that's a separate point yeah. but it all kind of folds into that stuff. And um, one thing I was going to ask is because um, you you've done a bit of a like a trajectory on this over time because we were both playing this alongside Sifu and I feel like both of us burned through Sifu. You finished it first and then he went back to Forbidden West. But at one point a few days ago, I think you messaged me and you were like, I don't know about Forbidden West. You were like, I, you were like, I could easily just never play this again. Yeah, like, what was it that made you do such a one eighty? On
2: I think it was because you know when you're when you're in Forbidden West, it's like it's like it's the best, but there is <laughs> Forbidden sh- best, Forbidden best, Good but that. there is so much of it. There is just mm-hmm. like an overwhelming amount. Like going back after a break with uh, Sifu. Uh, and knowing that I'd done 30 hours and looking at how much of the map I had left to unfog, for me that was just kind of a little bit overwhelming yes. in the moment and I was I was a little bit worried about, oh, will I be able to get back into it after I've had 15 hours out? Will I be able mm-hmm. to, you know, get back into the flow I was in? And then fortunately a few days later I was like, I'm in this more than ever, baby. <laughs> I'm back in uh, here and having a great time and now I'm excited to, you know, go back home tonight and play more and unfog more mm-hmm. and get maybe to a story mission. Who knows? <laughs> uh, what I want to <laughs> talk to you about though, Scotch yes. You've uh, briefly mentioned a few times uh-huh. during this, you know, talking about how you don't think the climbing is any good, for instance. No, good in God, no. How you don't think the exploration necessarily is any good. You talked about there. Um, well, you know, it's only the
1: climbing. I'm not saying the exploration is right. not good.
2: Okay. You talked about there about, you know, um, seeing the, the workbench gimmick and having a laugh. I might as well have punched the air when it gave you, it gives you the option right at the beginning before you start, whether you want to turn it on like adventurer mode, explorer yeah. mode, which um, doesn't direct you to things in the kind of cut and dry way that Zero. Dawn did, it kind of adopts a more free-form exploration mm-hmm. style where you're encouraged to actually live in the environment, look around. It's what the new Assassin's Creed have done. Totally, yeah. Find out points of interest for yourself. And I slapped that baby on, <laughs> and I've never looked back because for me, especially in the first few hours where I didn't have that story drive, mm. the entire drive of the game was just what can I find in this world? And there was right. so much for me to find, whether it was sunken caverns, whether it was climbing. I think what I love most about this sequel is the added verticality to it. Obviously, mm. they made a big thing about going underwater in the previews, but the climbing as well also adds this height where you're going from low to high and everything yes. in between. And in like I said, you know, what what's what for me makes this thing stand apart from the first game and justifies its, justifies its five years development time is the detail and the variety on display. Like, I, I have never felt like... I I'm repeating myself necessarily, mm. apart from like the hunting ground missions, which are inherently oh. rep- repetitious. Uh-huh. I just don't, even if I'm doing similar threads or finding similar items, everything is so personalized. Everything is not copied and pasted, in my mm-hmm. opinion.
1: And that sense of discovery, that sense of exploration, it's, it's keeping me in in a the big, big is- way you're completely right that the exploration the world itself like I said the world is absolutely gorgeous and, and they do a lot to flesh everything you can feel every, you can feel the opulence of how much effort has gone into yeah. it like it is this gorgeous world I just don't feel like they do much in regards to pushing you towards exploring it like in terms of the world design if we talk literal geography Breath of the Wild always showed you something to, to seek out you were always like oh, I wonder what that ruin is or oh, that's a dragon who flew past a mountain I'm gonna go chase after that this doesn't have those things and oh. so I, for me it didn't anyway yeah. and um, maybe because it is so like opulent and overstuffed with detail because they're like oh it's this big block look how much we've done look how much stuff there is yeah and it works in regards to being oh my god this is this top tier playstation thing um but at the same time it has that like i said it doesn't really like push you in those directions in a way that feels natural breath of the wild felt so natural a series of different gameplay loops that just fed into one another and you took that whole thing in and um, whereas in, in this you have to make a conscious decision to deviate from the story and go get lost in the open world and go do those things why why not like, it's not, they don't, Aloy doesn't need to do those things. Like, you yeah. know, it's, that's my issue with it. And it's like where we are in the story, where six months after Zero Dawn, um, Aloy finds out something about um, what went down at the end of Zero Dawn. And, and that's what kicks off the story is that actually things aren't as safe as she thought, which I love the dynamic of that. They don't do anything with it, but I love the idea that she, she knows that actually she's a fake messiah and that actually she didn't solve everything, but the world around her is telling her that she's incredible. I thought that was going to be a, a major plot point. Yeah. No, not sort a of thing. <laughs> but um, I like that idea of it. Um, but that's the, the the climbing, though. They very much try to do a Breath of the Wild. And I feel like the engine that they were given, obviously, they're still using the Decimer engine. Um, and you've got this whole thing where Breath of the Wild pioneered the idea of just running into anything and climbing up it. Um, and we've got that in uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising, and we've got it in Pray for the Gods. Like, you're seeing it in some other open world games. They've tried to do that, but you can't climb anything. You can climb specific stuff, and I hate that because when you need to get somewhere, there's never anything you can climb. Like, the, oh, every time dude. I, well, you, did it you work for you? Every time I needed to climb something, it was never available.
2: Really? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm just... I mean, either I've gotten incredibly lucky or I don't know <laughs> what, but... For me, I, I can't believe this is like classic wind-up fodder, isn't it? I'm going to say the exact opposite of what you just said. For me, one of the most impressive things right at the beginning was obviously you can't climb everything, but there were so many different routes to where I was supposed oh, really? to go. You know, I felt like I could go left, go right, you know, and it would have <laughs> some kind of foothold for me to get around. So oh, I just, I'm going to ha- I, again, I have to agree, disagree mm. with what you said about. Yes, I do agree that the story focus makes it so that if you are engaged in the story it doesn't make sense for Aloy to be, you know, messing about, yeah. you know, going on uh, hikes up the hills for well, no reason because the yeah. end of the world is, you know, more or less on its yeah. way. Uh, but that said, as as a video gamer, playing an open world <laughs> RPG, some of the sights in the distance, some of the vistas, mm. I just, I don't know how you saw them and just thought, I'm not, that doesn't look interesting. That doesn't well, look like I want it to like, I mean, jump in there. Like get, there's a, so, not, not to, again, not to spoil anything, uh-huh. but there's there's a, there's one settlement that we were talking about and I was like, What did you think about this settlement? And you said, What settlement? I've not seen it <laughs> and it's it was so crazy to me because it's it's such a in it's in this desert area mm-hmm. and it's it's just the one thing in this desert area, this big, massive, like um, vista in the distance mm-hmm. and like I, I couldn't imagine seeing it and not being like I want to go there immediately <laughs> I want to check that out right now it was so
1: alluring to me I had to pie off the main mission but that's, in Venture over. that's the that's the absolute crux of where we fall down on this because right. one you can argue that for me I had to review the game so I was getting through yeah. I was going story missions but I would back that up that on a personal level I love the Horizon Law I love Zero Dawn so much I want to know what's happening with these characters in this world so there was no reason for me to go anywhere other than the next main story mission not to say that I can't do deviations but that's my point with them not encouraging you to do that and so like there's that whole side of it but yeah there are there are some settlements that stand out and um, obviously as the game unfolds you start you, you go up mountains you see different things from on high um, and you start picking out places that you want to go to I just think they have a problem with <laughs> there any impetus to do that other than it's a video game I should go over there like Zero don't have that to some degree too Yeah. Um, but in regards to the climbing stuff I just want to quickly say that like they don't have the you can climb anything thing you hit the scanner and it'll show you uh, yellow lines that you can latch onto but they're not even applied to the side of most little huts or buildings or outcrops or whatever. Um, so even if you're just, you know, you get given a mission, you're in, in in amongst some small settlement and you just want to climb up out of it, like you can in the competition. You can't. You still have to find another way around get on the on the mountains, climb that. And it's, that extends to some terrible indoor missions. There's an underwater indoor mission, not the one that takes place towards the end of the game that's better, but there's one where an area is flooded um, and you've got to go, it's like a big main chamber and you've got to go to various different places on both sides. Um, Completely in these really specific contextual climbing things. And the climbing just feels horrible. I just think, I just, <laughs> I hate it. I hate the whole thing of like circle is your drop button in most places, but actually it's square if you're on like a yellow foothold and yeah. it'll just jump the wrong way. They reminded me of the original Assassin's Creed. And oh I was like, man. How have you gone this far back? Oh dude, but you get like the grapple where you can just launch yourself up. The grapple is
2: it's such a disappointment. This is this is hurting me now,
1: dude. Like the the crapple is so sluggish, and like yeah, you can hit circle and kick off it when you land, yeah. but it's nowhere near as snappy as a Halo Infinite, a Titanfall two, or no. Pray for the gods. Anything,
2: of course not. But like this is very much more scripted. You know, you have to hit certain elements. I think,
1: mm. but you can use it out in the open world though. Like, oh, you, no, you can. It should but be snappy. What, what in I general.
2: mean is like there are you can only use it on key points. Yes. there are, You We're can only use it on certain. Thing. Well, this is this is what I want to ask you, Cartel. Because the <laughs> thing that you've mentioned here, right? When you I, think I hate the game. I gave it
1: forced. I know, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but just from what you've mentioned there, yes. I now I have another point. I Want to get to? But mm-hmm. this is more, and more Uh You talk there about you know it's it's not the climbing of Breath of the Wild. It's not the grapple hook of Titanfall mm. or Halo. To me, I'm I don't have those in mind. To me, I'm thinking, wow, this stuff they've added is so much better in my opinion than what was originally in Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm not necessarily comparing it to why isn't this Breath of the Wild. I'm not saying that's an invalid thing to do because, you know, Breath of the Wild changed open world games and this is an open world game that's released five years after Breath of the Wild did. Mm -hmm. But- for me, I'm, I'm, my brain's not making those comparisons and saying, this is why it's fell short. I'm comparing it to what I remember from Zero Dawn and going, I'm so pleased I have way more variety in how I can get around. I'm yes. so pleased I have this grapple hook and that it
1: actually works. See, the thing is, in Zero Dawn, I wasn't one of those people that was complaining about a lack of verticality. I didn't mm. think of that game that way. I mean, obviously it was 2017, so you had Breath of the Wild debuting their side of it, and that, <clears throat> and that is what went on to change things. But in Zero Dawn, I wasn't trying to climb stuff because that option just wasn't in my head. Like I wasn't thinking that way. Right. Way, um, and so there are some places you can climb in Zero Dawn, and they're marked by different yellow ropes and yellow things that you can catch onto. But because Breath of the Wild revolutionized the idea of approaching an open space, that's clearly what they're aiming for here. And so I'd say that is the direct comparison. And so for me, they fall so short of it. Right. And so and when the actual climbing animations, like I said, they did the best they best they could with the Decima engine, but it just feels like a bunch of overlapping animations. They wanted to be really custom because it's a big top tier PlayStation thing, but they also want you to be able to climb all sorts of different outcrops that I wonder at which stage of development they planned that for because sometimes the paths that Aloy will force herself onto just like her limbs are all over the place she's spinning to get onto different things and I'm like this feels like Old Assassin's Creed where you've, you've designed the, um, the environment you've designed this idea of a parkour system and they're bouncing off each other and sometimes it lines up and sometimes you just fall off altogether
2: uh, uh, I'm gonna have to move <laughs> on because
1: I've never I've never
2: necessarily had that and I thought it worked for me that's good I wish, well. I wish I wish yeah I wish I
1: didn't fall off <laughs> well, totally uh,
2: <laughs> nobody wants to do that uh, briefly going back to um, what you said um, earlier yes.
1: uh, about you we know, will also wrap this quite soon because there'll yes. be we'll do a lot of there'll be a lot of this in the main show and in future windups well, 100%. We'll definitely do a spoiler cast mm. in 10 years when I've actually finished the main campaign.
2: <laughs> when he gets the uh, yeah, I just kind of want to sing something's praises because you yes. mentioned you know the exploration, not having the you know drive to go see something other than this looks cool in the distance. Mm. For me, that's where the side missions came in. Right. There are so many side missions in this game where you get to cities and you're just over... Like, at this point in time, I'm overwhelmed with side missions. They yes. just keep coming and coming but I'm enjoying them. And for me, it's those side missions that have gotten me to interesting places that have ushered me to parts of the map that I might not have explored on my own because I had no reason to. And I think they work in the context of the plot because Aloy is going on this journey, obviously, to save the world, but the characters that she meets along the way, in my opinion, are are so fleshed out and are so interesting and Mm -hmm. intriguing to spend time with, and they have their own issues that are really fascinating that you can get involved in, Mm -hmm. that I'm always wanting to take them on. I always want to see how this character might develop or grow into something bigger than I expected. Like, I was talking to someone (laughs) last night, and I was like, I I can't wait to get rid of you. You're like, you're you're useless to me. I'm I'm kind of sick of this side mission. But then it turned out to be this three-part side mission Uh. that Culminated in an actual choice of what I um, of something that I needed to decide as Aloy, and I was like, okay, so this that was intentional. That was intentional. You wanted me to kind of maybe not like this character because you were building it into something else. Cool. And when that happened, I was just like, that's so great. That if this is one of those games, one of those RPGs, in my opinion, where you can stumble upon something that seems quite inconsequential. It might be quite short, and it turns into this hour-long, multi-quest um, spanning thing, and that's, for me, what keeps me exploring, that's, for me, what keeps me deviating from the main quest and going to these locations that yes. I might not have checked out on my own. Well,
1: that's the thing. Like the, the ultimate, that's the thing. I still It is still a four-star game. It is still a recommendable game. It is still one of the most essential PlayStation games of all time. Um, obviously, I just have issues with it, and I'm coming off the review mindset, so I yeah. have things that I'm pointing out that I wish were better, um, and I do have that underlying feeling of, you know, the best parts of this game were already in Zero Dawn. Like, that's kind of my overall kind of, like, thoughts on, on this is that it's it's great, but Zero Dawn was great. I always want people to go back and play more Zero Dawn anyway. I think the, the story is phenomenal in that game. Um, but in terms of characters, like I said, there's a chunk in this game that I completely fell in love with. It's the middle sort of, I don't know, 12 to 14-ish hours, the second chunk. Like, it takes a little while to get going, and then once you start meeting Katalo and the Tanakh, then you start getting all these different upgrades in terms of the the outfits and costumes that you can get, the weapons that you have. It starts to feel more like Horizon. It starts to feel less like a PlayStation Studios game, um, and it starts having its own identity, and that's the thing when I was like, okay, this is what I needed. I needed all these conversations about the old ones, and and people Mm -hmm. rediscovering old technology, and um, old ways of living and new ways of living. That's the stuff where it really started to fly, and it and I can hang almost all of that on Catalo. I think he's a phenomenal character. I don't know if you've met him yet. Yes, um, but I absolutely love Catalo. I love the stuff they do with him. I love where he starts out. His arc is awesome. Um, they just do so much with that character. And I can I can almost zero down onto him and just say, this is this is like fundamentally quintessentially what I love about this franchise is this character and his thoughts on um, the current uh, space that he's in and the old ones and finding everything out and then being a badass warrior on the side. It's like, that's Aloy, that's him, that's Horizon. Um, so yeah, there's, there are plenty positives. And I think that that middle chunk, once you get the base and you can do everything after that is great. I just think there are core issues that were clear. Like some of them were core issues in Zero Dawn. Yeah. Um but when you don't have the um the story pull that you had in the original one, like the mystery's being solved as to what happens with the world, you needed something else to justify it as, you know, Forbidden West as the sequel as this big opulent thing. And it's kind of just a bunch of stuff. It's the best stuff ever, but <laughs> I, you, I they don't knit it together well enough. And I and I do think there there are core issues with the climbing, the the UI, the skill tree, um, the way that you scan stuff, the way that you heal, like things that come up that prop crop up more and more the more you play. And I think it makes a you know it is a very gorgeous game. So there's a lot to go. Oh my god, of course you drink this in. Yeah. But for me, and maybe I'm just being too critical. because like, I had to do the review for it. Um, it just isn't it just isn't pristine. It's a four star game.
2: Oh, it's funny, man. It's it's funny, right? Because I'm I'm almost like coming down on the exact same score as you. You know, like I said, mm-hmm. thirty hours in, unfinished, not completely yet. But for me, I'm like it's a four star game, and I have so much. I feel like I have so much more praise for it in a way. <laughs> and I'm coming in at it like and I'm I'm looking at this, and I think this is a proper sequel, not because it revolutionizes anything, mm. but like I said before, you know, like I've been reiterating because of the detail here. I look at this as an open world RPG and I genuinely think on from a detailed content level, mm. it's up there with like Witcher 3 and it's up there with Red Dead Redemption in mm. terms of the variety on display, mm. how much there is to do, how much of it is intriguing and engaging. And for me, that just makes me want to play so much. Like, you know, I look at, you know, PlayStation's charging, you know, $70 for this yeah. and I'm like, is this worth seventy dollars? In my head, thirty-three hours in, I'm like, absolutely. No, this is, is a game. And yeah, I'm not saying that yeah. you didn't say that. You know, just for me, I'm, I'm looking at it in in that terms right now, and I'm just thinking, this is pristine. And if this is going to be the way that Sony does sequels, it's making me incredibly excited for what Ghost of Tsushima might do next. Because if Ghost of Ghost of Tsushima can take what it had right. and apply what Forbidden West has done in terms of the variety it's added in terms of the detail it's added. I'm just thinking like, this is a good formula, but that said, while I think it works very much for P- forbidden West and I would definitely, definitely recommend it to anyone who is mm-hmm. interested in it. I, I think if they do a third game, they need they need to shake something up. Like yes. you can only do this once. You can only do See,
1: a sequel like this once, and then you need to do something new. For me, that that as a statement of like if this is how you do it, how Sony do sequels that that excites you. It 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 doesn't for me at all. It mm. it neutralizes the excitement because I know exactly what I'm going to get, and I don't need them being a triple A opulent version of Ubisoft. Like I need them <gasps> to try new things. Like I I don't need them to play it safe. And this game plays it so safe. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful, but it plays it safe. And that's fine. That comparison to The Witcher 3, they need to bake in the idea of getting you out in the world more. Like The Witcher 3, it makes perfect sense that Geralt is doing side quests and doing all these different things and seeking out question marks because he is this supernatural bounty hunter who's out to help people alongside he's looking for Ciri, but like they set up that that's not a world-ending thing. Um, so he can get around to that arguably when he needs to. Whereas in this, the stakes, the world design, like it's just... It has all these elements that are so pristine. They're like floating orbs that are brilliant. And I wish they meshed. I wish they focused more.
2: I like that, you know, when we were doing the run-up to this, not to drag this podcast on so long, (laughs) uh, when we did the run-up to this, you know, when we did previous podcasts, we'd always say like, we wouldn't even talk about this or God of War because we'd be like, we kind of know what it is, we kind of know what's coming and that has been true to an extent but I love that we've done this huge podcast mm. and there's so much more we could pick apart. I'm not oh, even yeah. finished the game and I feel like we could have talked Strawberry about this stuff game a whole thing. for like three or four hours, you know what I mean? There's is, there is so much more than I expected there to be and so many interesting conversations to have between, you know, the differences between this game and the last game that I think, you know, it's it's always it's a little bit reductive for people to just look at the star rating and yeah. go, that's what, that's what he thinks. He thinks that, you know, it's it's such a big game. There's so many discussions to have and we've literally just scratched the surface of them here. We haven't even mentioned the stuff we're not <laughs> allowed to talk about. That's like embargoed. Like, it's so, another element of the story and stuff. It's just, it's a huge, huge game. Unfortunately, I've enjoyed what I've played
1: with. It. <laughs> no, there's, there is an absolute turn to talk about, especially in the story side of things. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I especially more these days than ever, I, re- I just view a review as a starting point. Point of a conversation, yeah. like it's not encapsulative, especially when you have so many games that are being added to, and the conversation's only going to go forward. Um, but yes, but now this has very clearly been the windup. I've been <laughs> Scott Taylor for joined by Josh Brown. A
2: pleasure as always, Scott. And Taylor. we'll check
1: back in whenever we can. We'll catch Ooh. you then. Bye bye.
0: Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes.